this is easy motherfucking E, and you're listening to Real G Funk. Welcome back, everybody, to the first installment of season two for the G Funk Junkies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Wise Up 89, here with my co host, 619. What up, doggy? What's up, my boy? Not welcome much, back. man. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, Charles, I just spilled my fucking beer. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Junkies and junkets. Today, we have a special segment. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Six and I had been discussing how to spice up the episode for you guys and in our discussions for a while we had been going back and forth with a documentary now six you want to enlighten everybody with regards to which uh, documentary we want to go over today we're gonna talk about a documentary that was released in i believe 2003 called money power and respect which I just found out that it was actually made by a black dude. He was a uh, music wholesaler that uh, saw some success with Chicano rap. So he would buy the music in wholesale and will will actually sell it to the mom and pops and or whoever would he would supply. But uh, you know that's a trip, dog. Like I, I trip out when when people actually have an epiphany or see the clarity and see the potential that was is or could have been you know what i mean with with regards to what we call chicano rap how did you come across seeing this documentary you know thank god for the fucking internet right as i was trying to get into chicano rap i you know i was going to the sources that i knew that i could easily find stuff and I think YouTube has always served that purpose of supplying you with music you know you just type in what you want and boom if it's there somebody's uploaded it and i guess i typed in one of their names and some of the clips came up the one with little one and his bodyguard laying out that the, the yato that, that called him out and shit right and the other clip was uh little rob talking about royalty and i'll be honest dog when i first heard about this shit like it, it put a bad taste in my mouth with regards to what chicano rap was you know and I thought that was a, a bad introduction. Just seeing those those two clips without any context, it, it made me not want to pay them attention. You know what I mean? Right. Especially little one. I didn't think that was a dignifiable way of handling that situation, you know? But I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I, I really want to go into the subject as we get into the thing. But how did you come across this? Okay. I'll go ahead and explain. Um... When I found out about this documentary was um, I used to own it as a DVD. Mm. So back then, you know, I'm sure you, you might remember there used to be DVD stores. So there was a <laughs> yeah. company. There was a company called Suncoast. Yeah, and I remember. I, and I remember um, it was I ran across this uh, with two uh, two ways. I know for a fact I bought it with uh, two of these things. I, it was either when the Dave Chappelle season came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. Or it was when I remember a limited edition like little Scarface uh, case came out. It was pretty nice looking. You know, it had like a money clip inside. It had a version of the old Scarface and the new Scarface, and uh, it was pretty badass. It was like a collector's edition. So when I picked either one of those items up, 
I was just like uh, shocked. I was like, you know, what what the hell is this? You know, I saw a red cover, and you know, I saw the you know the like a combination of like well what I was into just the whole Latin rap thing. You know, this was when I was just in awe of like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, Chicanos are rapping, Latins are are rapping. You know, wow, they're all together. You know, it, it is interesting, right? Seeing that collage. I think in the cover you have uh, Fat Joe, you have Vargas, you had. Um... Cuban Link, Cuban Link, Lil Rob, uh, you know, Little Rob, SPM, I think he's on there. The Beat Nuts. So the Beat it, Nuts, it's, yeah. It's definitely that's what actually you know brought me. It, it, it was an instant buy for me, or instant blind buy. You know. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I came across it. You know, um, <clears throat> before we start, I want to let the listeners know that the documentary is set up into different segments. I believe there's five segments that they go into. So we're gonna move along the the segments as they go in in chronological order and go through with it but starting off with the beginning i really liked how the opening scenes you know you got fat joe be real spm uh cuban lane triple says beat nuts sand dog you know i kind of like that they merged the underground with the mainstream instead of separating the two Agreed. you know it yeah you know it i, I know it paints a, a broad brush of what latino rap is but I, I like the fact that they didn't make a distinction of saying, hey, we're going to put the the Mexicans on their own shit, you know what I mean? And and keep the Latin rap with the mainstream rap. I, I just like how they they kind of bounced back and forth with the uh, interviews and, and made it seamless, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, I, uh, just, I just wanted to just say, touch real quick on the intro. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, I remember seeing it and I always dug the intro, you know what I mean? It's just like a, a little co- a little collage of introductions, you know, like this little Vatican style bell church ringing, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, like just, yeah. And the, the stars are popping up. It's, it's pretty then, dramatic. You know, pretty dramatic, and you're like, well, what's about to come? And then boom, it just transitions into fucking rap life. So I definitely like that. Um, it, it was good to start off. I expected a little bit more history. In those days, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't Latins doing hip hop. I'm gonna tell you a story, man. And I was DJing from Element Ace and the show was off the hook and just the crowd was nuts and it was just the whole place was sold out. It was just, but when Frost came out, man, and he did La Raza, man, and I seen all those people just with their fists in the air and just feeling good and just positive, that, that, you know, that's a good feeling, man. Coming to it all started, but it, it, it kicked off pretty good, you know. You get to see Julio G that he explained, uh, you know, like a, a, a sense of pride and future in seeing. You know what I mean? Uh, he was real hyped seeing a crowd being rocked by, you know, Melo Manis and, and Kid Frost. So that was definitely cool. You know what what uh, resonated with me a little bit? So in the beginning, when when Julio G talks about the early days when there wasn't, you know, quote unquote Latinos in hip hop, uh, and then he talks about how when he was trying to become a DJ and you know started listening and experimenting with with hip hop music, and he says that he took a lot of heat uh, for doing black music. And I remember taking a lot of. A lot of heat, you know, that's that's that black music. Why you why you fucking with that black shit, you know? But that resonated with something else that Night Owl had said. So, uh, Night Owl, have you heard some of Night Owl's interviews on Khalifa Rap? Shout out to Funk, by the way, uh, and, and everybody at Khalifa Rap. I think I have. They're talking about uh, reviewing, uh, they, he's talking about the Return of the Kingpin. He might have touched uh-huh. on that, but um, in that interview, he's asking him about the beginning, right? Like how his homies took 
um, his interest in, in hip hop, right? And and uh, Night Owl says that he got the same experience. I got a lot of uh, negative feedback. Uh, some was from my own homeboys. You know, a lot of them would be like, hey man, that's blah, blah, blah. Why don't you stop doing that, man? It was kind of very similar how they were both taking heat for, for doing, you know, what is considered quote unquote black music. Going back to that show you were saying about Julio G, you know, getting excited watching how the crowd was reacting to to Kid Frost performing La Raza back in 1991. It made me wonder, dog, like, to me, La Raza is an anthem. It's not one of my favorite songs, but sometimes I just play it because of the significance it has. But it makes me wonder, like, how come there hasn't been another anthem that's been that impactful? Like, the other one I can think of is Shadows Till I Die. Like, that is a fucking anthem in Chicano rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I was kind of tripping out. Um, Cuban Link, you know, a very talented MC, he, he talks about, he, he was like in awe. Like, you hear it in his voice. He just couldn't believe how, how he made it that big. As talented as he was, in a black dominated field. And Pun was the same way over here in the East Coast. He made them believe. You know, his, his talent is talent. It was almost like he was basically trying to say, man, he broke through the impossible. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that shit is weird, right? Because he says that, like, Big Pun is, is what convinced black people in the East Coast that Latinos could rap. But you know what? Like, he mentioned something that's very key. He says... It's a struggle, man. Just being, being you know... Not black in this game, you know what I'm saying? Straight up. Mm. That nah. shit was golden. And I think that goes over a lot of people's head. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to tie in what, what 50 Cent has said. Unfortunately, for some people, it's tough to accept that you got a white artist that does it better than black artists. What do you think of that? Yeah, I can see. I, I, I personally think there's a lot of politics involved along with maybe black people and people of power that it wouldn't surprise me if someone would be like hey man don't forget you guys are making this happen but this is our shit comprende <laughs> you know it, it, it is dog like there's so much racist animosity when it comes to a non-black artist like you know eminem has said it i probably never get the props i feel i ever deserve but i'll never be served my spot is forever reserved if i ever leave earth and then another song he says, you know, some people only see that I'm white, ignoring skill. Some people only see that I'm white, ignoring skill. I think as much as, as people um, can't get over the fact that, like, you know, that it's Chicano rap, like, they just see that they're, that we're not black and they ignore all the skill that's underneath the surface. You know what I'm saying? There's something they don't buy. It's something that they don't buy. So Yeah. Well, shit, yeah, our own you know? people don't even buy, or even buy what we what we're trying to push you you know what i mean it's it's just weird within our own kind it's almost dog like, uh, that shit bugs the fuck out of me it's, it's like, like you can't be yourself right if you're trying to you can't be yourself right you can't act you know too gangster too hood because then after that people really want to validate how gangster you are you're something you're not you're a wannabe so Doug, we okay, got so we got some shit against us we got some shit against Doug, us. for real like that shit i posted the other day on on uh instagram so there's this rap group called ldn drugs i think or ldn drgs and they're a rap group from compton and that fucking album cover they're straight up fucking biting the the um the magazine covers from teen angels magazine 
and I, lo- I, tra- I look at the backside and you know you got the homie script right like the the tagging style right the cholo letters and shit not the block letters but the the fucking uh single line letters and shit and i'm looking at this i'm like dog how is it that like we can't like we can't we, we get scolded for representing our culture right but when somebody else does it it's like oh yeah we give them a pass and it's not the first time that it's get that it gets done right like that shit got done on on that Bloods and Crips uh, banging on wax cover. Like these motherfuckers are all, you know, in fucking plaid shirts and and um, and khakis, and then you see the tagging in the background, the block letters, and the fucking cholo styled um, calligraphy. And I'm like, dog, this is a straight carbon copy of Chicano culture, but it's acceptable if they do it right. Like if they represent it like that. And then you have like fucking even uh, what's that motherfucker's name? Kendrick Lamar. BG Perico These motherfuckers Put out album covers With the homie script On their album covers And it's all cool You know what I mean It's it's acceptable It's the aesthetic To be done But when we do it It's like Yeah I'm not picking That shit up You know what I mean Right Agreed Agreed man It, um, it fucking blows my mind So There's a segment In this first part Where Be Real Says that Pun and Fat Joe Didn't limit themselves To one particular audience And oh, I fucking hate This point. shit dog Like I've mentioned this about Cypress Hill a lot of times and I have a lot of critique and, and I have a lot of shit to say about Cypress Hill because I, I, I was a fan, right? I was a pretty big fan when I was growing up. But as I've grown into adulthood and, you know, gone back and looked at how they've represented and, and how they carry themselves throughout hip hop, like, I find a lot of shit hypocritical for what... Cypress Hill says what Bobo says and, and how they portray this shit, right? Because, you know, he, he like the first thing they said that Pun and Fat Joe didn't li- limit themselves to to one particular audience. You know, first off, they didn't speak Spanish, right? Uh, they carry themselves like black people, right? Uh, fucking Fat Joe says, I'm just as black as any black nigga in the streets. Man, he said that shit with fucking pride, bro. That's that's the thing is that when when B Real says that they don't limit themselves, like yeah they do, dude. Like you listen to Fat Joe and Big Pun, all they're gonna talk about is how they're Boricuas. Like how is that not limiting yourself? It's whatever, right? Because you know, like you mentioned, they have some sort of degree of, of like blackness. They, they- like they appearance. want that yeah like they still and then on top of that even for the ones that they, that don't look black and the ones that are americanized like the new yorkians i guess they call them right and yeah uh, it's almost like um they feel i believe when it's always came to rap or in other levels of coinciding that they're like yeah. we're kind of in and you're not you know what i mean <laughs> exactly so they, exactly. that actually causes separation amongst this whole latino quote-unquote hispanic unity but it, there's already a separation already there. Hey, you know. Boom. I, I'm glad you mentioned about so. separation and unity. So, and again, I think it's very hypocritical on, on Cypress Hill's behalf, right? Because, you know, they say like, oh, we didn't limit ourselves to one thing. Because I think Bobo says like, oh, you know, Cypress didn't limit themselves to just La Raza. They never just said, you know what? This is, you know, this is just for La Raza. Then what the fuck was that song Latin Lingo? Because Latin Lingo is in reality it's just Chicano lingo, dog. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, agreed. 
that that shit like it's so i just i find so much hypocrisy coming out of like the cypress hill camp in this fucking video that it, it, it fucking bugs the hell out of me i think as a matter of fact cypress hill a lot of times has targeted a lot of the mexican audience do you know Don when they really tapped into tequila sunrise a lot of the intros um Ah, the slang that they use. Yep, yep. So, so no, you know, you know when they leveraged that shit the most when they were beefing with Ice Cube, dog. They pitted Browns versus mm. Blacks, and fucking Cypress Hill really wanted Rasa to stand with them. It was a pretty interesting time because you know it created a lot of a uh, split here in LA between Black and Brown. You know, I I really call shenanigans on the the and i hate talking politics but i i call shenanigans on on the fucking mafia covering him when shit hit the fan right because why the fuck would the mafia be interested in covering for a fucking blood you know what i mean i had never met nobody from cyber hill and it was blood and rumors that the mexican mafia was getting involved right that shit made no fucking sense to me and 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 Cypress Hill, like, there's a video. I think Be Real is on stage, and he's like, "Where's all my Latinos at? Everybody throw your L's." And I'm like, "Wow." I thought he was a blood. Like, how come he's over here trying to trying to get the sympathy of Mexicans when he's beefing with Ice Cube? You know what I mean? Where's all that? support from the black community right <laughs> right so. but the other shit that that really boggled my mind and, and i think this bugs me because we we feed so much into it without actually calling out the bullshit and it's it's this part where little one says remember that it goes beyond being mexican you gotta have a black dude to wake up in the morning and go want to go buy your shit how many black fans do you think little one has <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, like friends or fans? Because <laughs> uh, uh, Frank can buy a uh, Frank can buy a couple records from. Oh man, dude! It's something that we have to dispel as a myth that keeps getting perpetuated, and it's you know, it, and it's ongoing. I see it on the internet all the fucking time, and it's it's gotten to the point where it, I'm gonna break something down, and I hope this doesn't upset anybody because this is the truth. Okay, uh, you can look this up and you can verify this information for yourself but here's the thing about what's bothersome about little one's statement is that he's giving black people the power to be gatekeepers when it comes to us making music about our culture and so i'm going to break down this myth of you know the black buying power that little one is alluding to okay it goes down like this dog latinos have a greater household income on average compared to black people there is a higher buying power in the latino community than there is in the black community whether it's just marginal or just above that threshold it's still larger than the black buying power and we in asians are a uh, growing demographic so bottom line is that your biggest market is going to be white people in this country so I think we really just got to stop trying and begging for the black approval. And I think we have to say that aloud because there's too many people that run contrary to that notion. And it's and it's crazy. It's It's been over 20 years and this is still one of the main subjects. 
Yeah, dude. Like, it's 20 years. You're not going to win them over, dude. Like, it's what 50 Cent said, right? <laughs> 50 Cent said it. Like, black people have a, a problem accepting somebody else making music or that a different race is going to be better than they are at something that they think they dominate, right? <laughs> like, it, it just has to be said, bro. It has to be said, man. One thing that I just wanted to uh, kind of, um, like, I guess, disagree with, you know, Esteban Oreo and Mr. Cartoon, you know, they specify here that a lot of things with, with Chicano rap is Chicanos need to travel, man. They need to go to New York. They need to go to London and Japan. They need to see what else is out there. And then they need to soak it in and come back here and then go back to the studio and see what they do. You know, they're both very, you know, smart individuals who have done a lot. So, mm -hmm. but I just, um, I kind of didn't like how, uh, you know, they're in a completely different field and ex an experienced, you know, avenues to travel, not through rap. So they're, they're telling that the homies, you know, that Chicano rappers, you know, need to travel more. I don't know if they mean that because they need to be more creative, but in reality, I mean, I think that, well, you know, there's, the, you know, like the blacks, you know, they started from, from some of them from nothing in their rap careers and some of them never even left their hood or never left 20 minutes outside the general area. So, and they made some of the best music. So I kind of disagreed with that, with that point of view. Hmm. Um, I, here's the thing. I, I agree with that, but not for the reason that he said it. I'm agreeing for a separate reason. Chicanos do need to expand their 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 horizons, right? They need they need their uh, their music to go beyond the states, right? We don't know we don't need to go to fucking New York like Cartoon says and then go back and write some shit. No, fuck New York. What we need to do, dude, is we need to come to the realization that the world is bigger than the 14% of the population whose approval you're trying to gain, right? Where we right. we failed to win them over. We need to realize that the world is bigger than the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it. We need to realize that we got more love in Japan, in Germany, you know, in other parts across the country. Sorry, other parts across the world, and you know, down south in Mexico and other parts of Latin America. And you know, the other shit that really bugs me about Bobo. This is the last thing I want to close out on, on uh, criticizing Sarkozy on this. You know, Bobo says that Cypress doesn't make something just for La Raza. And it got me thinking, like, okay, what the fuck was that song Latin lingo if not an adoration for our vernacular? But then again, it's like, okay, well, when you look at black artists that, you know, they make things just for black people, you got that, that album by Tupac, right? Strictly for my niggas. And then you have NWA. For life. You have Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. You got Brother Lynch and Six who have an album called Nigga. Like, how is that okay for them to do that? But it's a double standard if we do it for us, right? And he goes on to say, like, you know, Cypress Hill doesn't do that shit. And it's like, dog, Bobo is just filled with dumb shit. Like, he doesn't even realize that Cypress Hill <laughs> was critiqued for catering to Anglo-centricism. I'm going to say that again. Anglo-centricism. You know what the fuck that means? That means catering to white audiences. You know what I mean? They were in the 90s, and I read this shit, dog, that... Uh, Cypress Hill's um, uh, Black Sunday was the most commercially successful album they had and they were called out for selling out because now their shit was getting played in white suburbs so I just wanted to say that shit dude <laughs> what a way to end <laughs> the first 
what a way to end the first subject, the first topic. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to kind of um, abbreviate a little bit on the prejudice because it seems like they all talked about pretty much the same subject. I'll start off from the bottom. I can believe Shadow closes it out almost. And Shadow talks about, frust- he seems frustrated and he seems like he's talking about bad experiences, uh, venues mm-hmm. that he's performed, at trans- ways of routes of transportation, pretty much no money behind it. This is the right motherfuckers promoted the right way in the right town, the right city, the right, and they give you the right airplane, they give you the right fucking deal. Everybody got to fuck everybody in this Chicano rap thing, you know what I'm saying? And pretty much he just talks about how he wasn't happy with the term Chicano rap, and it seems like the word Chicano rap held him back more than it did any good. For me, it's just rap. It's this fucking rap business, you know what I'm saying? I also wanted to talk about, uh, you know, ex-wrestler Conan. He's really high. He thinks he actually has something. He says that, you know, ex-owner, or still owner, current owner of uh, Rap-A-Lot. Rap-A-Lot Records, Jay Prince. Jay Prince from Rap-A-Lot Records. He, um, he flew me to Houston. You know, they picked me up in a limo. He was ready to do whatever I wanted. So he can use any producer. He goes, I'll help you go gold. You know, he showed me how Master P did it. You know, it's a trick of the industry, which some of you might know. And I went to WCW and I was like, look, I got a deal from Tommy, but I got a deal from Rapala. And then motherfuckers went in there and do shit, man. Can you believe that? Conan talks about how Jay Prince was just promising him big things, that he says this whole big thing and this whole rap, Latin fusion, Chicano rap, whatever. But. I, I believe just, you know, Jay Prince is just blowing smoke. And at that time, uh, when Conan was making music with Mad One, is at the height of, like, wrestling, when it was just grossing a lot of money in the late 90s. He saw more money in just how big wrestling was compared to the whole, you know, everybody was capitalizing off wrestling at that time compared to the whole, um, yeah, it's because you're just, you're really a Latin doing your thing. I think you're right. Like, I think he thought he was too big for his own britches. But, um, you know, I, I, I will give him props for showing love to Rasa. You know what I mean? Because he knew that that's where his his fucking demographic and support was coming right. from. Right. Like, even though I like I like the way that Conan raps. Right. Have you heard that song? Bow, wow, wow. Yeah. With. Uh, uh, yeah. Like the music you know, video he's about. Yeah. He's talking about throwing chingazos. It's funny, I actually saw that, I remember seeing that live when they previewed it, I believe it was on WCW Monday Night Nitro, and when they previewed it live, they obviously didn't care about censorship because they didn't know what what was being said in Spanish, so they let it air without censoring anything. Yeah, I thought that shit was dope. Yeah. I thought that shit was dope. You know? Yeah, but uh, tying this back to that shit you said about Shadow, and I love Shadow, man. I love his music. I think he's uh, one of the greatest voices, if not the greatest voice in Chicano rap. But here's the thing, man. Like, he has said this a couple of times where he's like, he gets tired of being labeled Chicano rap, right? Because to him, rap is rap. I don't think he sees the issue because, look, dog, if he has a problem being labeled a Chicano rapper it's because he spends too much fucking time rapping about how Mexican he is and so does every fucking Chicano rapper dog you know what I mean like how are you gonna complain about being boxed in 
when we have artists, we have song titles, album titles that remind the audience that we're constantly Mexican, right? We have artists like Brown Pride. You have artists like fucking uh, Brown Town Looters, right? That's in their fucking title. And you have like, I don't know, I guess there's other groups that have something with Mexican in it, right? The Mexicans, you know what I mean? Like, and then you have songs like La Raza. Then you have songs like titled Brown Pride. And you have other songs titled, you know, like Mexicano, Soy Mexicano or something. Like, Doug, you can't expect not to be boxed in when you're boxing yourself in with the limitations of your lyrical content with regards to identity. You know what I mean? Like, I understand if you're Mexican, I'm proud as fuck to be Mexican. You know, I was born in Mexico. I was raised in the States. I consider myself authentically Californian because I was born in Baja and raised here in Southern California. But fuck it, dog, like own up to it. And, you know, stop complaining that, you know, (laughs) that you ain't winning over any black fans when, you know, Japan, Mexico and other countries overseas show more love, but you're mad that black people ain't buying your shit because you're constantly talking about how Mexican you are. You know what I mean? I think I'm gonna change your color ID to El California. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, dog. Uh, for real. With that being said, I I, I also just uh, wanted to touch upon how um, sick jacking or the cycle realm. The whole problem with being a Latin artist is that they consider you a Latin artist, so they get all confused and shit. You know what I mean? They don't know what to do with you, but. You know, if they look past where my parents were born, then, you know, it'd be all good. I can't even imagine how hard it was for, you know, sinful and the Mexicans. You know, the, the fact that how hard you it was know, for them to get advertised on Motown. Yeah, how hard it was to get, you know, advertised them being, you know, two Mexicans hey, in a rap up. group in a, in a Motown label that was, you know, past its prime. Shout out to them, though, dog, for for two reasons, right? For being bold enough to use that name and not come off whack or corny. And two, for being signed to a major label that, you know, unfortunately was past its prime. It's like it's like saying somebody got signed to Death Row Records or Ruthless Records today. And you're like, hey, that's dope. But they're both past their prime. You know what I mean? Right. But Mama. even though, even if they would have promoted them correctly, like, ask yourself, <laughs> why Soul Train, why BET, and other black channel programs show no love? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> ask yourself that, right? Like, think somebody says, like, I promise you, if you put my videos up in, you know, BET and MTV, I'm going to sell. Yeah, that and, is, yeah, the guy from Saltwater Records, like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, he doesn't acknowledge that, like, yes, there is hate. And, and there is animosity in the black side of the industry. Again, you know, going back to what 50 Cent says, like, they, they don't want to see somebody that's not black doing rap music. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, now they're trying to push, like, the black and brown unity. Now that we have the numbers, now that we have all this buying power, and now that we have, like, this cultural influence, now they want to click up, right? Like, Night Owl said it too, like, the only times that, that black people want to come around and show supporters is when they want to fuck our women. If you listen to rap now, the brothers don't give up about what we do. And the only time they come out in our music is because they want to fuck our bitches or because they want our fan base. But they don't do music with us because they love us. Or they make fun of us. Or they make fun of us. Or, or they make fun with stupid songs like Paco and fucking, uh, or whatever. They finally don't even name those fucking stupid songs. You know what I mean? Some song, some dude, some dude named, uh, Blue face, blue something. I don't know. Made a blue bag, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and that's straight up facts, dog. Like, why weren't they pushing this shit 
as hard in the fucking 90s when yeah back in 1991 maybe what little one said is true back in 1991 and 92 yeah we needed to have black people buy our shit but it's fucking 2021 dog like we don't need that you know what i mean like it's not it's not entirely necessary you know what i mean right right but you know that's that's just what i what i i i have to say about that like i think sick jack and hit the nail on the head when he says like the problem with being a latin artist is that they considered you a latin artist that's the fucking problem i have too dog when i go to discogs and i type in like you know some chicano artist and i look at the fucking label like what they 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 uh designated the music genre they always put latin music and that shit fucking bugs me dude do you ever notice that i have seen i have seen it yeah it gets stored under latin before so yeah that that can, can you can get lost you know what i mean you can go from boleros to you know rock in espanol and then <laughs> next thing you know it's the these guys are rapping in english it's latin it's you know latin rap you know latin music you know so let me let me tell the audience here what Latin music is, because I fucking get tired of seeing that shit. Latin music such as salsa, bachata, Latin pop, and regional Mexican music. It doesn't apply to rap music. Chicanos aren't rapping to fucking salsa, tango, merengue, or Brazilian music, you know? It's just it, rap, people. It's, it's just rap. rap. It's rap, goddammit. <laughs> Latin music is not rap music. Stop oh. conflating the two. But anyway, I'm done with that part on the prejudice side, dog. Um, uh, we can touch on we can touch on labels then. I think that we need to get off a little bit and back off this Chicano rap and labeling it so tough because I think that's hurtful. I think that we're trying to compete with them stupid, you know. We're a whole different type of music, and if we try to compete with Jay Z and try selling Jay Z, that's where the shit sounds whack. You know, a guy these fools trying to cross over it sounds shitty. Mr. D, he feels that there should be some kind of separation and identity. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a, a tricky one there. You uh, know what? Like, okay, so again, this is what I got to say about this, dog. Okay. Yes. Chicano rap is, is difficult to sell because you're adding a prefix to it, right? But... Did the label get created because we wanted it, or did it get created because black people didn't want us rapping alongside them? That's that's good shit, wise. Right, and it's not like you know people want to say like, oh, it's the fucking the industry, the the label owners, this and that, and it's like, okay, dog, the label owners only have so much fucking power. It's the consumer, right? Or you can say it's a it's a combination of everything, right? You can say it's the Jewish executive, you could say it's the white label owner or the white listeners or the black uh, consumer. Which is funny because that actually already ties in into the to the next segment. You know, we had the success of you know, the uh, the, the success of money was going independent. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's like I said. They, you know, we're at the door. They're just not. They're not trying to let us in, man. I'm gonna give Julio G his props. I'm gonna give Tony G his props, and I'm gonna give ODM their props. I'm gonna give Ralph M his props. But these are mainstream DJs, right? Tony G, Julio G, ODM. ODM is a radio DJ currently for the um, Inland Empire. I think he's on KGGI right now. But, you know, and, and other, wherever the fuck else is on Power 106 that's Mexican. 
how come they haven't done more to make it, you know, to make Chicanos in rap music more mainstream? That's my fucking problem, dog, is that like, I've listened to KGGI. I've listened to Power 106. How come they're not throwing homies on like, hey, you know what? This is a dope song. Let me share it with you. I don't care if it's like, hey, I'm only going to do it, you know, the last five minutes of every hour. Still in at least three minutes of every rap radio hour. But just fucking throw it on there, dog. Like, what do you got to lose? You know what I mean? Like, take some fucking risk. And again, dog, like, I'm going to give them their props, right? Because, you know, Julio G and Tony G were on, on fucking Ruthless Records. They were there with Easy e They were there fucking making magic. They were there making mainstream music shit that sold well. But it's like, okay, these fuckers have the production and the connections and the plugs to elevate homies in the game. You know what I mean? Like, how come, like, it, it, if they were doing their part, then it, it really comes down to the consumers, right? The black consumers or the fucking Jewish uh, label owners or whatever, dog. Like, there's a big disconnect here. Right. When it comes to the labels, at first... I wasn't down with the term Chicano rap. It was just to the point where like, well, I listened to Chicano rap because that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But then later on, I ended up actually, you know, I used to say it's rap. I used to be on the whole, hey, it's rap. But then later on, I, I embraced the term because, well, I know that I know what, you know, Chicanos have been up against in music, in rap. So it's like a, it's the weirdest area of limbo in music. <laughs> that's it, you know purgatory what? it's rap purgatory man do, do you think that chicano rock has this much of an issue too like i'm not well versed in rock music so i don't know how well chicanos have been accepted in the realm of rock music i believe chicano rap i, I believe those motherfuckers gave themselves that label they they wanted a that I, I think they made themselves their own label you think, yeah, because you know you got like. Uh, so there's a lot of Mexicans. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, of Oh hell yeah, lot. dog! That shit's unknown. Whether, uh, of course, you can judge their their level of Mexicans or chi their level of Mexican or Chicanoism, but there's definitely a lot. I mean, I used to I used to fuck with POD a bit, you know, and and all yeah. kinds of others, you know, Lobos, Lucas, yeah, you know, there's obviously Mexicans even bigger rock groups, so. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like you, you were saying about Mr. D saying that you know it's 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 stupid to compete with black rap, right? Like we're not competing at that level, and I and I totally agree with what he says, dog. Like I I may not like Mr. D's music, so if he's listening, like I'm sorry, dog. I don't I'm not big on your music, but I do respect his hustle. I respect his come up, and I respect his point of view because he's he's a smart dude. And, you know, he says that, like, well, we're Chicano, right? We shouldn't be trying to trying to do something else. We, we shouldn't be trying to be anything else. And I, I think he has a point. You know, we, we shouldn't try to, like, to sound like, you know what I mean? Like, the South, I'm embarrassed by the way the, that those fools sound and, and carry themselves. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it just listening to their, their Southern twang, like, I'm... I'm I'm baffled, I'm flabbergasted, I'm fucking embarrassed to even know that we have the same point of origin. You know yeah, I mean? you know, when um, everything before, seeing those fools from the South, you know, um, I already heard of Gemini, I know Gemini was talented, but before, I had never seen that kind of, like, that kind of acting on that level. I've always heard, you know, hey, fools from up North, you know what I mean? They coincide more with the Blacks. 
they say the n-word freely they have long hair but at that time i've never seen you know of course then i see como co i've seen the wiggas you know what i mean and then after that i'd be like oh that's just a amiga but he's just dressed hella hardcore you know what i mean like yeah go like you know what i mean and then and then after that when i saw him like holy crap like when i saw his documentary i was actually tripping out on like damn dude it's to that extreme like that dude from salty water records and i'm like and and then gemini how he was talking himself and then uh, uh happy perez and i'm like damn dude it's like like you know i had never like seen that out like that yeah i don't think i've seen like that in person yet i haven't seen it i've seen it from maybe the asians from the whites <laughs> but i've never never saw that kind of like you said a southern twang uh coming from chicanos like that so that was, it's, that was it's, it's embarrassing dog it's embarrassing they put a video of us on mtv or bbt and had us at you know what i'm saying these interview things and promoting us nationwide we're gonna sell you know what i'm saying it's just it's just hello you know what i'm saying we right here you know what i'm saying but um that, that from saltwater records was was acting like slim thug before slim thug fucking paul wall <laughs> paul wall looking talking motherfucker but um you know i, I think royal had a statement that was kind of like a double-edged sword and he says you know I'm, i'm not rapping i'm rapping for chicanos i'm not trying to get across the blacks or whites i rap for chicanos i'm not trying to get across the blacks i'm not trying to get across the whites i think it's a it's a double-edged point because i get it you know on one end you know i get it he, he wants to represent for the culture But at the same time, he's limiting himself to the culture, right? And I think Royal needs to take his own advice from the title of his first full-length album. We need to go worldwide. That's it, Doug. Like, we need to realize that, again, the world is bigger than the United States. You need to acknowledge that you have a fan base overseas, that you have a fan base in the other half of the rest of this hemisphere. But, you know, I, I think too many people think small. Sometimes it's not as easy to see the bigger picture. All right, junkies. That's going to conclude part one of the first episode of season two. Stay tuned for the second episode. With that being said, we want to give a few shout outs. Obviously, shout out to ALR and GPA, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to ALR and GPA. Shout out to Joni for constantly showing us support. Shout out to oh. the original Chicano Rap Channel. Shout out to San Diego Rap History. Shout out to Barrio Star. Shout out to anybody that's listening and supporting our podcast. I know that you wish we could drop more material. It's just, it's hard to edit. It's hard to, you know, we really do our homework as much as we can. And, you know, trust me, we, we, re- we want to go into detail. We want to cover all these other albums. You know, we want to go into the classics, but there's only so much time and so many hours in the day. And, You know, I got a busy life with my family. I'm a father first, a husband second, and an individual last. So hope y'all understand that. With that said, like I always say, just chill till the next episode. Boom. Peace.